I'm Kai Wright, host of WNYC's podcast, The United States of Anxiety. This season, we're focusing on gender and power, themes that are upending the 2018 elections. On the Politics Brief podcast from WNYC, you get the best of our political coverage with segments from my show, as well as from The Takeaway, The Brian Lehrer Show, and On the Media, plus local reporting on New York and New Jersey races from our award-winning newsroom. Welcome to Politics Brief from WNYC. It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Filling in for Brian today, I'm Juan Manuel Benitez from New York One. Dirty politics on the last weekend before the primaries. The New York State Democratic Party sent to about 7,000 Jewish households a controversial mailer that implies that Democratic candidate for Governor Cynthia Nixon is anti-Semitic. The flyer reads, and I quote, with anti-Semitism and bigotry on the rise, we can't take a chance a chance with inexperienced Cynthia Nixon who won't stand strong for our Jewish communities, end quote. It goes on with three bullet points. The first one says that Cynthia Nixon is against funding yeshivas. The second point says that she supports BDS and, I quote, the racist, xenophobic campaign to boycott Israel, end quote. And the third point says she's silent on the rise of anti-Semitism. Then it ends with re-elect Governor Andrew Cuomo. Nixon called the accusation deeply offensive. She and her wife, Christine Marinoni, are raising their children in the Jewish faith. On Sunday afternoon, her rival in the Democratic primary, Governor Andrew Cuomo, said he hadn't seen or approved the flyer, and he said this. I think the mailer was a mistake. Uh, I think it was inappropriate. I understand that the state party uh, has offered the Nixon campaign uh, to do a mailer for them. The New York State Democratic Committee Executive Director Jeff Berman wrote a tweet that reads, and I quote, the state party sent out a wrong and inappropriate mailer. We will work with the Nixon campaign to send out a mailing of their choosing to the same universe of people, end quote. Mayor Bill de Blasio, who on Saturday evening decided not to endorse either Nixon or Cuomo in this week's primary election, called the attack Trumpian. Now, in a campaign where Democrats are forcefully running against President Trump, are some of those Democrats using Trumpian tactics against Cynthia Nixon? To talk about this and more, here with us today, Ben Max, he's executive editor of Gotham Gazette, and Jared Murphy, executive editor of City Limits. Ben and Jared are also the hosts of Max and Murphy, a radio show on WBAI. Thank you for being here today. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having us. So is the system, uh, is the Democratic Party machine so afraid of Cynthia Nixon, Jared? Well, I think clearly the governor is concerned. I mean, we've seen uh, not just the flyer, a, a slew of spending uh, last minute, some uh, controversial uh, photo ops on, on bridges. Uh, I think that the polls give the governor reason to believe he is going to win. I don't know if the polls can be believed, but I think he wants to win strong and he's putting a lot of pieces in the field to do that. Um, the flyer obviously has backfired, whoever approved it, but I think there is definitely concern in the Cuomo camp that uh, that this is not a done deal yet. 
And could it be possible that Cuomo really didn't know about this? That could be possible. I think that's difficult for a lot of people to swallow the idea that he knew nothing about it. However, I think we do know that in the Cuomo administration and campaign, Governor Cuomo is a micromanager in a lot of ways, but he, over time, I think has come to an acknowledgement with a lot of the people that work for him that on some of the most controversial things, it might not be a good idea to bring them to him because they know there could be fallout and give him this opportunity for plausible deniability. So there is a chance that this didn't go to him, but people under him know the types of things that he wants them to get done. And he is a win at all costs type of politician and governor. For someone like me, when I see like a flyer like this one, I would think this is so ridiculous that it cannot be effective. But am I wrong when I think yes. that way? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am. Yes. Okay. You, you're, first of all, you are uh, much more tuned in than most voters. Uh, there's a very good chance that this can have influence on someone who is not tapped into the, to the inner workings of the Cynthia Nixon campaign, the things she said, even Governor Cuomo's record, uh, who see this for a few seconds. It really speaks to them, their fears, their concerns, and it, and it can have an influence. Yeah, it's a blunt instrument. I think anybody who might have the objection you just voiced is not the intended target of this mm-hmm. mailer. It's a mailer. A lot of people are going to throw it out before even reading it. But those who do, um, it's expected they'll react to the code words. And along those same lines, I would say that while it's very interesting that the, the governor and now the party have disavowed it, to that extent, the flyer has had probably its intended impact on its intended audience. It's easier to apologize than ask permission. This is a little bit of a different twist on that old saying, but that's basically it, mm-hmm. right? You know, apologize after, offer to send out a mailing that probably can't get anywhere in time for primary day. Uh, you know, depending on how much negative media attention this gets, maybe it undercuts your goal, but there's also a good chance this is working out pretty close to how they wanted it to. Another question would be, is there need for Cuomo to do something like this or his campaign when we see the numbers today? Uh, Siena poll that was released this morning, he has him with a 41-point advantage over um, Cynthia Nixon, 63% to 22%. Uh, That's just... He doesn't even need to campaign if we were to believe these numbers. I mean, that's a that's a big qualifier for to believe those numbers. I mean, polls have been wrong, uh, especially in elections like this and a lot of recent races where you have a, a well-funded front runner and incumbent, you know, Bloomberg in 2009, other recent races too, off by a lot. And I think also whatever Governor Cuomo's future plans are, whether he wants to run for president, whether he wants to just have an impactful third term, he has to kind of think about beating the spread, right? I mean, you know, those polls set a bar. If this is a much closer result that dents his aura of power and invincibility, that could be complicating for the general election in November. It could be complicating for things after that. So whether he's worried about losing or whether he's worried about not winning big enough, there are things, given the margins of error in polls and the general kind of doubts around it, for that campaign to be concerned about. If you're, if you're Andrew Cuomo, there's enough blemishes on your record, there's enough controversy swirling around you, recent corruption convictions, et cetera, et cetera, that you can't take any chances, especially in this political environment where the left is so fired up and he is clearly more towards the center. And that's why Cynthia Nixon is running in the first place, of course. But there's no telling what could make the difference here. There's no telling whether the polls are accurately capturing the energy that's out there. We've seen recent examples, as Jarrett mentioned, of polling being way off and surprises from the left. So if you're Andrew Cuomo and you've raised roughly $40 million 
spend most of it, do what you need to do. He's trying to run up the margin here in the primary and, and be able to be in position to win that third term. Like we said, the New York State Democratic Committee said that they wanted to work with the Cynthia Nixon campaign and maybe work out like a, a new mailer that they can send out to the same people. Is there a time to do that? No, uh, you might have if you quickly got it together, maybe. She had a good idea for a robocall from the governor, but I don't know if he's signing up yeah, for that. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's time. And I think it's interesting, too, you know, we're talking obviously about the tactic of the mailer, response to the mailer. Within the mailer itself are, are questions people have raised about Andrew Cuomo, you know, his support for yeshivas. There were stories last week about him agreeing to slow walk or... Or, or not, not handle mm-hmm. or not interfere with uh, an investigation of of, uh, of yeshivas and their mm-hmm. quality of education. Something that's been a story in the city, and his uh, action to limit the BDS movement has uh, earned scorching reviews from the civil liberties community for being an affront to the First Amendment. So I know we're talking about tactics and the politics of the moment, but within the substance of the mailer are items that I think, if we were to have a, a long, drawn-out conversation, we would talk about. You're listening to The Brian Lehrer Show. I'm Juan Manuel Benitez, political reporter at New York One. And the New York Times editorial board, which endorsed Cuomo's re-election a few days ago, published a strong-worded piece on the evening criticizing the flyer. I want to read the second-to-last paragraph because it's really telling. It says, and I quote, Given all the ethical lapses in Mr. Cuomo's administration, of which he has also pleaded ignorance, this smear is appalling. It is a kind of cynical behavior that detracts from Mr. Cuomo's often impressive ability to govern. If he's not careful, it could make voters feel they have no choice but to vote for someone else, end quote. Some people thought the Times might withdraw its endorsement of Cuomo. So far, it hasn't. Should the New York Times go ahead and do just that? Listeners, you can give us a call at 212 433 WNYC, that's 212-433-9692. Ben, do you think the Times might change its mind in the last minute? Oh, I think after that editorial that was in response to the mailer, if if the Times editorial board didn't do it there, I don't think they're going to do it. I mean, maybe there's some new information that comes out, but time is running very thin here. So it's very doubtful pending any new revelations, something along the lines of Cuomo or one of his very top people signing off on the mailer or something like that or something new coming out. Uh, But I think, you know, one thing the Times editorial board is doing, even though they are putting their finger on the scale by endorsing, is giving a very balanced picture of Cuomo's record. The initial endorsement editorial went through a lot of the hits and a lot of the misses. And, you know, voters should obviously take all of that and much more into consideration when making their decision. And it can't just be that it's Governor Cuomo and his record or just go to Cynthia Nixon. She has to be evaluated, obviously, very closely as well. Yeah, I would say that the Times editorial responding to the flyer is really a variation on the theme that they made with their initial endorsement in the governor's race, reflected not just in stating the balanced record, as Ben just said, but also they've endorsed the AG candidate who is and traditionally has been most critical of the governor. They've endorsed the running mate of Cynthia Nixon, not of Andrew Cuomo. Basically, the thread throughout this is that Cuomo is a problematic um, and successful leader. And, you know, they feel as though he is worth the bet. I think that's the word they used for a third term, but with a lot of qualifications and kind of safety notices. There's also, a t- mm-hmm. just quickly, there's a tiny, you know, element at play here, I think, for voters and editorial boards, which is 
we might be more willing to take a bit of a chance on someone in a state Senate race for lieutenant governor, for Congress, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, against a more experienced politician. But maybe running the state, the state's top executive, maybe there's a little bit less of a willing to sort of take a leap with a newcomer. We don't know what the Times will do in the next few days, <laughs> but we do know what Mayor Bill de Blasio did. He decided not to endorse either Nixon or Cuomo. On Saturday evening, he released a statement saying that given the fact that he will have to partner with whomever is the next governor, he believes endorsing one of the candidates will be counterproductive. I wasn't surprised with this non-endorsement, were you? I'm not surprised by it. I think um, it's it's fairly well known that a lot of Bill de Blasio uh, associates uh, are assisting Ms. Nixon and that it has received some sort of tacit blessing, at least from the de Blasio world, if not directly by uh, the, the mayor himself. But, I, you know, I think it's not a surprising move. I don't know if um, much could be ever done to repair the relationship between the mayor and the governor, um, but it's probably true that it could be made worse. Uh, so it, it's a, probably a smart move. Yeah, I'm interested, Juan, why you weren't surprised, you know, from your perspective. But I'll just quickly say, I totally agree with Jared, even though people think, what does de Blasio have to lose here? Cuomo tortures him all the time and punishes him all the time. It can always get worse with Andrew Cuomo. I mean, he has no depth of ability to make people who cross him pay, and he's very likely to still be the most powerful official in New York. So the fear there makes some sense. But the other thing we need to think about here is that even though this is the the statement that Bill de Blasio put forward, it's not 100% clear that Cynthia Nixon really wanted him to endorse. It's not 100% clear that it mm -hmm. really would have given her a boost at any point during this campaign. Maybe in the last few days, because you get a bunch of buzz around it, maybe. But she has publicly stated she's trying to run this campaign as herself. And I think this allows her to continue to do that without de Blasio's baggage. Yeah, I wasn't surprised because I don't think there's anything in it for him, for de Blasio to endorse, even in a race that it's so, if we, we look at the polls, it's so... Why the margin between uh, Cuomo and Nixon? And I'm sure the mayor doesn't want to upset uh, Governor Cuomo even more. We're going to take some phone calls. We're going to talk to Reggie in Harlem. Reggie, good morning. Welcome to the Brian Lair Show. Hi, thank you. Um, I just want to say that I, I'm just really sick of Andrew Cuomo. I think he is so evidently self-serving. He is clearly hunger for power. I think he sees himself as president, which I think is completely ridiculous. Um, and the, this mailing that went out, Andrew Cuomo is known for kind of feigning just ultimate disdain or something when someone does something to him. And his um, the way that he talked about this mail and his not having knowledge of it, he never said, this is a disgrace, it's, you know, it should not happen. It was very kind of soft. And so it was kind of like, ha, 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 I, I got away with this kind of thing, which is disgusting. And also I want to say one of the things I think about uh, Cynthia Nixon is her approach to marijuana legalization and how um, not only should it be legalized, but it should help the communities that have been decimated by um, the marijuana laws in the past, speaks to sort of her new way of thinking about this, whereas Cuomo just kind of drags his heels, and if there's no industry kind of giving him money to support something, he seems very slow to come around. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Reggie. Let's go with Jean in Queens. Jean, good morning. Welcome to the Brian Lair Show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my comment is I didn't know about the flyer, and I just heard it on your show, and that decided me. I was kind of still leaning towards Cuomo, but it absolutely decided me I'm going to vote for Cynthia Nixon. I just think, like, he's been hanging around too long. He hasn't done enough 
for the left, and like Tony Avella has been hanging around too long. Also, he's got to go. Also, these people, they've uh, their time is passed. Bring on the new. Thank you, Gene. Thank you so much. Let's go with the uh, Tom in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Tom, good morning. Welcome to the Brian Lehrer Show. Good morning. Um, not for nothing that this is, uh, this flyer went out because. My listening, I listen to Jewish programs on the radio, and there's anxiety. They're fearing more if the Democrats take over the Senate, specifically, they said, than places like Kyrgios, Yoel, which, where the state has made accommodations with the population there, and the schools. You know, remember, they're putting, you know, Simca Felder once put armed guards in the school. Uh, Simca Felder, they the, the, state, the state senator. So the, mm -hmm. the, the, he has stymied the state. And mm -hmm. so they're fearful that any changes it, they have anxieties about. Thank you so much, Tom. Right. Well, I, th I think on that last caller, you know, there's questions about whether this mailer was targeted to the uh, ultra-Orthodox community, the the very heavily, you know, represented in, in Simca Felder's district, or if it was targeted more towards, uh, you know, Jewish voters who, you know, are not quite Orthodox, but are, you know, identify strongly, uh, are very pro-Israel and might have some concerns, and this might tip them, uh, you know, towards Cuomo. We don't know. We had some indication of the universe of voters, the number of thousands of voters this went to, but we don't know exactly who those voters were and, and where it went. You're listening to the Politics Brief Podcast. We'll be right back after a break. We're going to take uh, another call. Jim in the Bronx. Jim, Hi, good, good morning. morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I, I think uh, this flyer is so clumsy and so obviously counterproductive that Andrew Cuomo, whatever else you want to say about him, is not silly enough, it's, uh, stupid enough to do this or have his uh, senior people do this. So I really don't have any um, uh, worry about that. My other question for your guest is this. If Cynthia Nixon does really badly, and which I hope and expect she will, what exactly will that uh, mean for the future of this left that uh, you, you guys seem to be so uh, favorable toward? Okay. So that's my comment and uh, my two comments. Thank you. Thank you. That's an interesting question about the left. I'm not sure. I mean, I think there are a number of races where that question is kind of being posed this year. And, uh, you know, in, in a few of them, the, the left candidate has won. Obviously, we saw the the uh, Ocasio-Cortez race in, in the Bronx and Queens in June, race in the Boston area last week. I don't know if that movement will be judged by any one candidate or two. Uh, I think the Nixon candidacy also was seen from the outset as a as a long shot um, against an experienced governor, a fundraising machine. Uh, so I don't know if it will apply to the larger um, movement. Uh, uh, ben and my views on it being not not really uh, a, a, an issue. I just want to say one thing about the flyer, which is that you know sometimes flyers have an effect on an election one way or the other, but sometimes they linger more sort of in people's sort of political profile. You know, remember. For years, the rumors about a Cuomo, uh, alleged Cuomo flyer in the or poster, I should say, in the 1977 mayoral race, talking about um, candidate Ed Koch's sexual orientation, that was a talking point for years. Mm -hmm. There was the famous flyer in the 2001 mayoral race that stained Mark Green. He won the primary, but because that uh, run the runoff, I should say, but because that flyer was associated with his campaign, it cost him support and probably cost him the mayoralty. So I don't know if any of that will happen here, but sometimes flyers are more about your reputation than your success or failure in a particular election. 
I'll just give a little bit of a sort of nuanced answer on the question about what Cynthia Nixon's performance does for the New York left that is boosting her. One thing is that there are organizations like the Working Families Party that have a lot on the line here and the constituent groups of of the Working Families Party. Uh, Now, they had to sort of make a certain decision here in calculation, and it would have been very difficult for them to hold on to any of their real, you know, progressive sort of qualifications if they had not found someone and backed someone to, to oppose Andrew Cuomo. But they do have a lot on the line. They've already lost union membership, et cetera. But there are a lot of groups behind Nixon who are also behind either Zephyr Teachout or Letitia James in the attorney general primary who are behind Jamani Williams in the lieutenant governor primary. So we need to see how those races shake out. And then also Andrew Cuomo is a unique figure putting up someone with zero government experience who, by the way, has admitted she's the one running because no other Democrat really would take this on. Uh, You know, this is not something necessarily to judge an entire movement over. Mm Well, it was definitely not a great weekend for Governor Cuomo. He cut the ribbon to open the second span of the new Mario Cuomo Bridge on Friday. And by Saturday, it had been closed for safety reasons related to the structure of the old Tappan Zee Bridge. Cuomo tried to distance himself from the problem by saying uh, that it's not our bridge. Let's, uh, let's listen to what he said. You can say what you want to say. There's got to be some connection to reality. You know, well, it was a rush to get the bridge done. This has nothing to do with the new bridge. Zero. It's all about the old bridge. And to me, this sounded like uh, I'm not in control of the MTA kind of thing, right? Cuomo trying to distance himself from an agency that he leads in the state. He's trying to say that the old bridge is now owned by the contractor. And while that might be true... What's completely false is that the status of the old bridge has nothing to do with the new bridge. If the old bridge is going to fall into the new bridge, well, yeah, that has something to do with the new bridge. Yeah, they, they closed the new one for a reason. They don't do that just for the heck of it. And I think now they are moving ahead with it. They've determined that if it were to fall, it would fall in a safety zone, zone which I hope I am safely away from. Um, but yes, I think the idea that it uh, had no connection to the engineering concerns is, is hard to fathom. And let's, let's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, let's listen to uh, Cynthia Nixon's uh, reaction to this. A ribbon-cutting ceremony shouldn't have been held if the bridge wasn't safe. And there are real reasonable questions about whether, in fact, this bridge opening was accelerated to aid the governor's campaign. And he needs to answer those questions. I would say one thing, though. I mean, I think it, there's a legitimate argument there. This is also kind of small ball for, for this time in the race. I mean, governors always use the power of incumbency to make themselves look good. That's why it's called the power of incumbency. If you want to weld this to a larger complaint about, you know, there's stories about easy pass notices going out last week that uh, spoke glowingly of the governor's uh, work on on speeding up tolls. Uh, there was the incident recently where the governor's um, campaign logo was displayed at a church where he was doing an official event. There is a larger fabric of him using the power of his office, of which this bridge thing is just part. But just talking about the bridge thing seems, for a candidate that needs to be making a statewide message, maybe not that powerful. He, he's certainly not the only one, but he's blurred a lot of lines during this campaign. And the ribbon cutting with Hillary Clinton on the bridge six days before the primary certainly blur some lines, especially when there's then this safety concern. And I totally agree this this, you know, and his reaction reminded me of during the debate when he said, you know, my opponent operates in a world of fiction. I operate in a world of fact. 
Well, I think the easiest thing for Governor Cuomo to do, and I tweeted this on Saturday, would be have the administration show all the correspondence around mm-hmm. the opening of the new bridge and see if there was any rush to, to get this thing open right before the primary. Let's hear from some listeners. Sam in Brooklyn. Good morning. Welcome to the Brian Lair Show. Hi. Uh, I had actually called to address the last question. So uh, Go ahead. about the Go times. Ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that the time should endure, unendorse uh, Cuomo, but not just because of this mailing, but because if you look at the, the positions the Times has taken recently in, the, in recent years in their editorials, and I'll refer particularly to the one they did this weekend about rent regulation and housing policy. Cynthia Nixon's positions on those issues match up almost identically with the New York Times position, which was to repeal vacancy deregulation and preferential rents, etc. Whereas, whereas Cuomo, as we all know, takes a ton of real estate money and has been much softer on uh, on how rent regulation should be strengthened. So I think there's not just a sleaze factor here. I think the Times, like many of us, has moved to the left and, and for reasons of identity of position should, should endorse Nixon. Thank you, Sam. Uh, let's hear Thank from you. Melanie in Manhattan. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning. Um, I just uh, told the screener that I believe, um, if you recall the election between Pataki and Mario Cuomo, um, Mario Cuomo lost the re-election, surprisingly, because New York City failed to turn out. Um, it was just a given that we would vote for him, and unfortunately, he lost to Pataki in that race. And so my point to your call or to all your listeners is a vote for Cynthia Nixon may not lose the campaign for Cuomo, but it will send a very strong signal to Andrew Cuomo of how New York City wants to be treated by him, because I think it's clear that he is really not servicing this city, and he doesn't permit this city to govern itself. And he is just, I mean, he's like snake oil, you know? So anyway, I just think um, a vote for Cynthia Nixon is uh, a really good way to protest uh, Andrew Cuomo. Thank you, Melanie. And I think it's sort of like an idea that all these editorial boards are pushing forward, that even though they are endorsing Andrew Cuomo, most of them, they are also endorsing all these reform-minded Democrats that are going to push Andrew Cuomo, so they say, to the progressive leader he should be uh, as governor of New York. Is that the idea that we get from most editorial boards? I think that's definitely been the theme. Uh, And I think added to that is the idea that once pushed in a particular direction, Cuomo is a very effective leader and an effective champion of causes. And I think the record proves that that is generally the case. Marriage equality, the SAFE Act, paid family leave, other items were not not necessarily his idea, but he got pushed to do them and then he did them. And that's the uh, that's the bargain they want to take. I think Andrew Cuomo is a is in some ways a masterful tactician and it's not it doesn't take that much thinking to see where the wind blows and then, you know, get there. And so he's done a bunch of that. I think to the last caller's point there about voting for Nixon to at least send a message to Andrew Cuomo about New York City's needs. You know, Andrew Cuomo didn't do very well in the Buffalo area when he first got elected, and he (laughs) did the Buffalo Billion, and he Mm -hmm. has spent a ton of time and energy in Western New York, and the Buffalo News has endorsed him, and, you know, we see a lot of of that attention there. I think this campaign has already 
awakened him and his allies a bit around issues related to, of course, the subway uh, and housing and you know rent regulation. So we'll see where how that turns out, depending on how Nixon does. But Cuomo is also notoriously begrudging in going along with what he does not want to do. I don't want to let you go without um, talking about the two other main races for Thursday. According to the Siena poll, um, I think uh, the attorney general, we see that uh, the person leading the pack of four is Sean Patrick Maloney, the congressman uh, of the uh, Hudson Valley, uh, with uh, 25% of the vote. Then Letitia James, that's New York's uh, public advocate, would be would get 24% of the vote. Uh, Zephyr Teachout, uh, a law professor, would get 18%. And Licia Eve, uh, a former Clinton administration aide and a Verizon executive, uh, had only 3%. Are you surprised with the poll? Because I was surprised uh, to see Sean Patrick Maloney leading the pack. I'm not particularly surprised. I mean, seeing him jump ahead after being five, six points down in prior polls is a little bit surprising. And you would have thought Zephyr Teachout might have gotten a bit of a bigger bump. I really am struggling to take these polls that seriously. I think they give us a little bit of an indication, but I'm not willing at all to put any predictions behind them. I think especially in this race, you th you see the top three candidates all pretty close together with a lot of voters still undecided. And I think this leftist energy that is largely behind Teachout, but also behind Tish James, we really just don't know where that turnout element is, is going to land here. Yeah, I think we're talking about at least a third undecided in that race, according to that poll. And, you know, the energy and commitment of supporters becomes very important here. It's going to be a rainy week, could be a rainy Thursday. Whose people are going to come out in the rain to vote for their person? I, I think T-Chat's crowd would certainly have some confidence that their folks are going to kind uh, are going to brave the weather to, to cast their vote. And then we have for the lieutenant governor, this uh, Siena poll has 43% uh, for Kathy Hochul, the incumbent, and 21% for Jumanu Williams, uh, Brooklyn City Councilman, um, that is running for lieutenant governor. That's a huge gap as well. It is. And I think, you know, Hochul has been blanketing the airwaves, both with her own ads, but also the state party ads and Andrew Cuomo ads. And Jamani Williams has really struggled to raise money and therefore spend it. So we could be seeing something of a blowout there. Uh, but again, Jamani Williams has his base in Brooklyn. New York City is going to have an outsized impact on all of these primaries. And so, uh, you know, I would not be handing certainly this election to Kathy Hochul at this point. But just like Governor Cuomo, she's certainly a favorite. Well, we have to leave it there. Uh, we've been talking to Ben Max. He's the executive editor of Gotham Gazette and Jared Murphy, the executive executive editor of City Limits. It's always a pleasure talking to you both. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks, okay. Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, go to WNYC.org slash election.